Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. Another week, and more movies to review and dig into. It is I, your friendly neighborhood moviegoer, John L., back at it again with some more food for thought on some films that are currently out on theaters, or in theaters, should I say. This particular recording, we're going to dig into a film that seems to be doing pretty well at the box office for the genre that it's in. Um, also, it being January, and that uh, there's not much big-time tentpole movie fair out there right now. This one we're going to talk about today is Megan. Now, for you guys who have been listening to me for a while, know that I am not big on horror. And horror movies are not my cup of tea. You ask yourselves, well, he just must be one of those guys who's afraid to say he's scared of scary movies or horror movies. No, no folks. I am a child of the 80s and the 90s where horror films, slasher films, and suspense thrillers were all the craze and we were inundated with them for two decades straight and a lot of the time these movies became very formulaic and for a person like myself who watches a lot of different types of films They became very predictable outside of the or whatever level of gore and hatchetry uh, could happen in a horror film. So with all that being said, I actually liked Megan. Not going to lie. I thought it uh, a very interesting concept it was a yeah it was a horror film lightly I would say like you had I would say probably less than 10 minutes of kills in a movie that was about an hour and 45 minutes long let me just double check the uh, the runtime. An hour 42, right? The movie came out on January 6, 2023. Um, it was a Blumhouse Universal release. And uh, this particular film, it was cool, man. The reason that's why I say it was cool is because it deals a lot with 
what happens with parenting in today's society. It talks about screen time with kids. It talks about um, I'll use this phrase for lack of a better term but it also talks about uh, the insular perspective of how kids are raised nowadays uh, due to the fact of all the screen time and things of that nature um, and how uh, there are large percentages of children who do not play outside or do things recreationally outside of the home. Um, which delves into different conversations and different things and the whys and the why nots behind it. <coughs> but this is not for that. <coughs> the film touches on that. The film also touches on how technology is such a crutch, not just for children, but adults as well. And what it's been doing and what it is doing to society at large nowadays. And even though this movie, obviously, you know, it's, 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 it's fictional, right? But for all intents and purposes, outside of like the murderous killer robot, like the things in this movie can really happen based on the kind of technology that exists today. So let me give you guys the, uh, the synopsis of the movie. Uh, Megan is a marvel of artificial intelligence, a lifelike doll programmed to be a child's greatest companion and a parent's greatest ally. Uh, there to, uh, to coincide with that particular statement, there was a part of the movie where they were talking to uh, one of the protagonists um, who was played by Allison Williams. She played a character called Gemma. Uh, Gemma ends up being the caretaker of her younger niece who was in a car accident which caused the lives of her parents. Gemma is the creator of this Megan. And she works for this large toy firm, um, which kind of took me out of the movie at the at the beginning, because I think for like about the first five to seven minutes, we were subject to toy commercials and the construct of this toy company. Obviously, it had its point. And it served this purpose for what would happen later on in the film. But Gemma, she had been working on Megan for quite some time. Then obviously, movie magic, she uh, hits a breakthrough and she's able to uh, create a version of Megan 
that would be ready for manufacture. And to say that <coughs> these kinds of things happen in the real world, it's true with different, uh, different companies uh, making uh, not just robotics, but the artificial, artificial intelligence. Um, I know a lot of uh, what's been going on on the socials and in the news nowadays uh, has been uh, surrounding ChatGPT. Uh, these are conversations that me and my brothers and my close friends have been having in recent months uh, and how uh, how it works, the pros and the cons, what it could mean in the future, and things of that nature. And funnily enough, or ironically, you find this conversation from a macro perspective happening in this movie. Just because Megan can learn uh, not just from the child that she's sent to, uh, but also the environment that uh, she lives in and that surrounds her. And that's the scariest part of the movie, I think. How this artificial intelligence is able to gather all this information so quickly, adapt it, and then use it in order to manipulate its surroundings. Now, obviously, computers and um, processors manipulate information at unreal speeds and unimaginable levels of computation. So that being the scariest part and Megan having her mission statement which is to make sure that she protects this eight-year-old girl who has just gone through this tragedy and she is she is to let no harm physically mentally or emotionally come to this girl uh, her name is Katie played by Viola McGraw and in the sense of it becoming the child's greatest companion like once Megan is linked to Katie Katie doesn't want to let her go at all because she feels like Megan understands her and she's always listening and things of that nature and the parents greatest ally part is more to the effect of it correlates to the whole screen time dynamic because people feel or some folks right can't single out anybody some folks they hand their kids tablets put them in front of a TV screen or phones and their kids are on those things all day and Megan the doll is around Katie all the time so while Gemma was so busy 
trying to prepare for this launch of Megan as a product, but she's letting Megan be the parent, not just an ally, but the parent, because in all actuality, Gemma wasn't prepared uh, to be a parent. You know, the situation was just thrust upon her due to unfortunate circumstances. So, with the rest of the synopsis, Megan was designed by a brilliant toy company, Robotics. Uh, Gemma. Uh, Megan can listen and watch and learn as she becomes friend and teacher, playmate and protector for the child she's bonded to. When Gemma suddenly becomes the caretaker of her orphaned eight-year-old niece, Katie, Gemma's unsure and unprepared to be a parent. Under intense pressure at work, Gemma decides to pair her Megan prototype to Katie in an attempt to resolve both problems, a decision that will have unimaginable consequences. Now, back to my point of why I don't watch much horror and the formulae part, the predictability part. Like when we got to the part about, oh, wait a minute, her aunt is this designer of Megan. I already know what's going to happen before it even happened. And that's the part that kind of sucks for me when it comes to horror movies, because they're like, they're plot devices, right? And I was like, oh God, it's her aunt. She creates this bot. Uh, there's going to be some sort of uh, a plot device used where Megan gets control of her own AI due to a loophole. That was my thought process. I was absolutely right. The loophole was Gemma didn't create any parameters in order to block uh, Megan from doing anything extreme. She just didn't make the time to program any of that. So due to that fact, chaos starts to ensue. Now, obviously, it it trickles down into the movie. It does it doesn't hit you in hyperspeed. Like, it's a good build. Um. The, I thought that the pairing between Megan and Katie was very intense at some parts. Um, because of the lack of a better term, call them tantrums that Katie would throw, uh, or that she would have, should I say, when Megan wasn't around, there was a part in the movie where Gemma decided to shut Megan off because she was worried that she was doing all these bad things, but she couldn't prove it at the time. And Katie hit Gemma. And I'm there like, all right, this is a bit extreme. Not to say that it wouldn't happen um, in a relatively similar situation due to whatever trauma the girl was going through uh, due to her parents' deaths. But I'm there like, well, this was bound to happen. Okay, up next. 
But the reason why I like the movie is because it was done in such a way that even though it was predictable to me, I thought it was super creative, being that it was using today's technology and social discourse around parenting and how to um, how to control technology within the home and in a given space um, around children. You know, <coughs> I thought that was the most creative part of the movie. The kills weren't very creative to me. They just seemed apt for movie horror. The one kill that I want to say got me the most was when spoiler folks sorry I gotta go into spoilers here because this this is where I found it creative but yet it was a hole in the plot right or maybe listen out so she kills this older lady who's the next door neighbor um, of Gemma in the house that they live in uh, the older lady was presented to us earlier in the movie uh, when they had to move Katie into the house. Uh, she had like a, I would call it a rabid dog, but like she had a wild dog. The, the dog ended up uh, biting Katie at one point uh, due to some actions that Megan was take, trying to take against the dog. And then once the dog bit Katie, that's when Megan went overboard and she's started, she started to become the killer doll robot. Because she killed the dog. And after killing the dog, she did something, Megan that is, in the movie, that I don't care who you are on this planet, anywhere. There's a part of the movie where Gemma tried to take Katie to an alternative kind of a learning camp so she can socialize with other kids and not have to be around uh, Megan all the time. So that eventually happened. She got around other kids and there was this one dirtbag kid. Like that kid played his role to the T. And... He mistreated Katie. Uh, he knew that Katie brought Megan, and Megan was uh, amongst all the other toys that the kids had brought that they left in this um, separated section in the outdoor area. He ended up taking Megan, and in a very weird way, which I thought was probably. Not probably. I thought it was a little off-putting. He was... Megan was... Not Megan, I'm sorry. Katie was said to be an eight-year-old girl. This kid, the fucker kid, he was, in its, he was in his teens. But according to the plot in the movie, the mother of this kid was there. She was having a conversation with Gemma. 
said that the kid has some sort of a growth spurt or whatever. BS, but we'll go with that. Anyways, the part that was off-putting was that when the kid took Megan after, like, uh, leading Katie astray in the forest, when he took Megan... The reason as to why I found it off-putting was because, one, it's a doll, and then two, the way that they set up the scene, it was like the kid was about to uh I I, I guess I'm inferring a bit much. Maybe it's my mind, but the way they made it seem, that kid was about to do some really sexually suggestive things to this doll in like a bad way and obviously Megan didn't let that happen but you know he, the kid was a dick anyways he he talked bad to his, to his mother he was mistreating Katie obviously Megan knew what was going on because she was recording everything that was going on in the area and what the kid was doing once the kid was trying to take advantage of Megan and Megan knew that nobody was around, Megan started to go to work. And eventually, even though she didn't push him onto the road, like the kid was just trying to run away from Megan, he ended up rolling off a hill onto a an active road and got hit by a car and killed. The reason as to why I said what I said earlier in a very hyped voice Anyone, anyone who's ever gone through an episode with one of those dick kids that you know you've run into, or if you're listening to this, you were one of those dick kids that everybody hated and wanted to hit and people just wanted you to die. Like that moment, regardless of it, there was like a a catharsis in that moment for a lot of people who have ever dealt with that sort of a situation. It's a fictitious thing. It's fictional. So that's why they were able to get it out on screen. But to, to think that those type of thoughts have never gone through children's heads before when they've had to deal with bullying or people mistreating them and things of that nature. You're not human. And you don't really feel not to say that death is correct or causing harm to somebody is right. Obviously, it's not. But the movie did what no one else in real life can do. And that's why I said it was like sort of a point of catharsis. But it also moved the, the storyline along because now this is Megan's second kill. She's in the deep end now. And then... I will mention the other kills or whatever the case is, but <laughs> dude, her ability to use that artificial intelligence, not only to just learn her environment, but she synced to all the other gadgets in Gemma's home, um, which left us with much of a cliffhanger at the end of the movie. Spoiler, non-spoiler, more news than anything else. 
they're moving um, they're moving along to make a Megan sequel uh, we will probably see the Megan sequel in 2025 the writer Michaela Cooper and the uh, she's coming back to write we don't know if the director Gerard Johnstone will be back to direct but obviously this will be a, a Blumhouse uh, Pictures film for the sequel so Megan will be back eventually but I thought that it was uniquely of today's world and it had some interesting commentary on parenting um, our reliance on technology um, how people feel and how people would it, would deal with certain circumstances the I really wish I could but this doll can do it but the real person can't type deal you know and that's why I found the movie gratifying in a sense because it's like yeah I can see this in a movie I'll never do this shit in real life I ain't trying to go to jail for nobody I ain't finna kill nobody but this doll she's getting out what half the world's been thinking trying to protect this little girl and at the end of it all it all flips on its head because Gemma finally realizes Megan gone crazy she out here killing people she trying to shut her down and then Megan flips the script on Gemma trying to kill Gemma and Katie got to come in for the save by the end of the movie because she knows that her real caretaker the human caretaker is not going to harm her or anyone around her and because the human themselves have parameters borders lines they won't cross unlike this robot who wasn't coded or programmed to have such lines or barriers that they could or could not cross so anyways folks that's my take on Megan uh, would I recommend I would I think it's a fun film um, it's more suspense thriller than it is horror like I said there's probably in an hour and 42 minute film there's probably 10 minutes worth of kills in it so it's more the building of the suspense and the thrills not too many jump scares maybe like two or three for the effect um, I wouldn't say that it happened to me but I knew when the movements were um, so look out for those if you go and watch uh, to give you the roundabout the Rotten Tomatoes layout here um, as of right now it is certified fresh, 272 critics at a 94%. And the audience score with more than 2,500 verified audience rating of 79%. So this one shows the critics love 
Megan much more than the audience did. But like I said, fun little film. Um, not a complete Chucky ripoff or anything like that. Um, good use of today's technology and how kids in this day and age are interacting and what their social skills are like. So, you know, from a macro perspective. So I'm not trying to say that all kids are like that. It's just, you can imagine that something like this um, can take place. So uh, I'll leave y'all with that. My thoughts of Megan. Go out and watch it when you get a chance. Anyways, folks, as always, I appreciate you all for listening, taking your time out, and uh, listening to your friendly neighborhood moviegoer. As I'll be back with some more in another recording about another film. Until next time, folks, be safe, stay well, and keep doing your best. This is John L. Signing off. Until next time.